Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibson. Each week I'll be sharing a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading transformation coach, helping you to release resistance around money, success and self-worth and to see the limitless potential within yourself to be, do and have anything that your heart desires. My aim for this podcast is to share incredible insights into how to create a champion mindset and live the life that you were born to live with confidence, ease and belief. So are you ready to transform your life from the inside out? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I am joined by the most incredible lady called Tammy Gibson. I'm so excited about today's show and apologies for my croaky voice and I'm really, really hoping that uh, it holds out because there is so much to talk about in um, today's episode. But I am joined by Tammy Gibson and her story is one of pure courage, self-leadership and of never, ever giving up. Tammy's life changed on October the 24th, 2021 when she was admitted into hospital with weak legs, unable to walk properly, only to discover that she had contracted COVID-19. The days that followed changed not just her life, but the life of her family as well. And she was close to losing her life on several, life on several occasions. Today, Tammy is sharing how she has navigated through the biggest battle of her life and despite the odds, has never given up. So welcome, Tammy. How are you? Um. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh my God, it's my, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Literally, when I saw your story on Instagram, good old Instagram, I tell you, the last few yes. people that I've interviewed have been people that have just popped up on Instagram. But uh, the minute I saw your story um, on there, I was like, i got to reach out. And I was just hoping that you'd be like, yeah, I'll be up for, for being on the show. And you were. And we've had a chat so behind the scenes. <laughs> And um, and I know just from the brief conversation that we've had already that there is a lot to, to talk about today. Um, and mm-hmm. as I said in the intro, you know, your story is of tremendous courage, of navigating through the unknown, of overcoming obstacles and challenges and more challenges and more obstacles um, and never giving up. And ultimately... I put together this podcast because I wanted to share the stories of people who have overcome adversity and never given up. And I think, you know, your story is in true alignment with that. Um, and so as you can well imagine, there is a lot that we we want to talk about today um, and that I want yes. to ask you. Um, but before we do all of that, I'd love to just hear in your voice um, the lead up to the 24th of October. What was kind of going on? Where were you at? Because I know... From the conversations we've had, um, you showed no signs of COVID. Um, and so ultimately that was a huge surprise for you. But if you wouldn't mind just going back to the beginning, that would be amazing. Yeah, actually, I'd like to back up four months prior to it. So Go for it. July 2021, I turned 50. Yeah, oh was, my God, you do you not know, look 50. Huge, yeah, it was this huge milestone. And I was excited about it. You know, I know a lot of women are scared of that mile mark, but for me, I'm like second half of life. It's going to be extraordinary. And Mm -hmm. that's what my mindset was. That's what my focus was. Uh, I was doing well in my business. You know, I was really gaining momentum on it. Uh, I was getting healthy. I had just started Pilates. I was new to the Pilates world, fell in love with it, um, was going a lot. And really, finally taking the time for some self-care, you know, which uh, as a mom of teenagers that you're driving around all over to all of their events and a busy businesswoman and wife, you just don't generally take that time. So I was Hmm. finally doing that for myself. So I was feeling really good. So let's fast forward four months uh, to October. Mm -hmm. I had lost nine pounds up to that point. I was going to Pilates four times a week, taking the mornings for myself um, and spending the afternoons either working in my business or uh, one of the exciting things that was happening was my daughter's volleyball team was in playoffs. They had done really well, won their league, and now they were going to playoffs. 
So it was very busy. October was very busy. It was also my daughter's 17th birthday, Mm -hmm. um, a few days before what we're going to be talking about here. And uh, the, the volleyball team, they were sick. Everybody was kind of run down, uh, but they were all still showing up. They were all still playing. You know, all the parents were showing up. And when I look back at my Instagram five days before I went into the hospital, I had just like a runny nose was run down. And that's mm-hmm. all I thought it was, just mm-hmm. being run down. Well, then that went away. And I would say two days before the 24th, so maybe around the 22nd, my legs started to feel weak. And again, I just attributed it to, you know, being busy, being run down. Um, I could still walk, I could still drive, you know, all of that. I just felt weak. So after a playoff game, going to bed and getting up um, early on the 24th of October, Mm -hmm. I went to the bathroom and I did not trust my legs to get me back to bed. So I crawled (laughs) and while I was crawling, my husband intercepted me and he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I was just like, my legs are weak. I can't, I can't walk back. You know, Mm. he's like, okay, we need to call the ambulance. So he wakes up my son and my daughter. My son is 20 at the time, gets him on the phone with 911. Um, while he's tending to me, unlocking the door for the paramedics, you know, and doing, doing all of this stuff. And I have no fever. I have no congestion. I have no respiratory issues. The only symptom was the weak legs. Uh, so, you know, they come and they, they actually have me walk down the stairs and they're following me real close just to make it easy to get on the gurney. And as I'm leaving out the door, I'm seeing my kids looking down on me with their concerned faces. And um, I was whisked away to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, of course, the very first question on everyone's mind is, have you tested positive for COVID? Yeah. Um, do you know anybody who has COVID? You know, all yeah. of those questions. No, no, no. Um So they test me, they do the rapid test and I'm sitting in, you know, a small kind of waiting area and they come back and say, you're positive. And honestly, I just didn't believe it because I'm like, I've known friends in the hospital who have had the respiratory issues, who are, you know, having trouble breathing Mm. and having fevers. And I just didn't have any of that. And I'm like, there's no way, right? There's no way. So they whisk me away to an isolation room and they gown up and they've got their double masks on. And, you know, at that point, you really feel like, um, you know, it's a little bit scary because you're like, okay, they're taking these extra precautions. I don't know what's going on. So we just went through a series of questions at that point. And that is the last thing I remember for like three weeks, literally three weeks. Um, and then I remember on and off until about Christmas. And then I start to have more memories of what went on. Mm-hmm. No memory of those first three weeks at all. Yeah. Which, you know, um, I know in the bio that you wrote is, is like, it's your mind shutting down to protect you. And, and yeah. I, having experienced um, trauma myself that I understand how the mind works in the fact that it does protect you and and block certain things out um ultimately during those three weeks there were several very close times Mm -hmm. of you potentially losing your life um and um a lot of unanswered questions as they just couldn't fathom out what was necessarily going wrong um and i suppose that would have probably impacted your family more than you because obviously you were unaware of that um but ultimately, your the, the three weeks on from there led to you then having your leg amputated as well as um, fighting for your life. Um, mm-hmm. Can we just talk a bit about that, that side of things? Because obviously, you know, you had weak legs. Up until then, you'd been feeling fine. That was your one and only symptom. Throughout... Mm-hmm. Um, the three weeks uh, of you being in hospital, there was various 
many procedures done on your legs, wasn't there, to help with the draining of various yes. things. Um, with, uh, but it then led on to you having an amputation. Um, mm. uh, wh- when did that happen v- versus you sort of remembering? Was that in the middle of, was that fairly near and then you suddenly became a bit more aware? Like Because I know in, in your bio, and I don't want to keep referring back to it because I'd love for you to talk about it, but I know that you said obviously mm. after the amputation that kind of freed up space for your body to heal other parts of you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the first, let me, let me address the first 48 hours yeah. of being in the hospital. Um, the first 24 hours I was in the ER. Um, fortunately my stepdaughter is an ER nurse. So mm-hmm. she was bedside with me through the entire thing. Um, I very quickly within the first eight hours became septic. Right. And, um, this was the time as you were referring to, that they were like, what the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. This is acting more bacterial than viral just because of the speed of it and what it was doing within my body. And so they're asking my husband, like, did she get into some chemicals, you know, gardening chemicals or cleaning chemicals, like taking maybe some kind of strange supplement or, you know, what was it? And, you know, there wasn't anything like that. So what, I, you know, what happened is kind of like that book, When You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Are you familiar with that children's book? I've heard of it, yeah, but just for okay. the listeners. It's basically one thing leads to another, yeah, to yeah. another, to another, yeah. right? And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. So in the end, ultimately what happened is the COVID somehow caused rhabdo within my body. Typically, rhabdo is something that um, athletes get when they work out really hard. So you run a marathon and you have all that lactic acid in your uh-huh. muscles and your muscles start to break down. So that's what was happening to my muscles. That's why I had the weak muscles. My muscles were breaking down, causing protein to go into my bloodstream. Right. So one of the very first things that it did was it shut down my kidneys, complete kidney failure. Um, and then another thing that it was doing is it was shunting my body. So my body was bringing the blood into my organs and to protect the organs. And then that's what was causing the sepsis in my limbs. Mm-hmm. So I was losing blood flow to my limbs. Uh, so what they do to counteract that is they flood your body with fluid to flush out those toxins. Mm-hmm. And in flushing out those toxins, then... Um, you know, it causes all of these other issues, which we can get into. Uh, But then within the next 24 hours, so 48 hours after entering into the hospital, I was now in ICU. I was ventilated. Uh, I was blowing off too much CO2. Um, It wasn't because I was having respiratory issues of breathing. Um, But my family was called in to say goodbye Mm. because the doctors are like, Everything is shutting down. She is not responsive. They wanted my husband to sign a DNR. He would not do it. Um, and my stepdaughter as well. She's like, she was responding with her eyes. You know, I was like, talk <laughs> with it being intubated. But my family saw signs and they were not willing to let me go. Mm. The doctors, however, were like, that's pretty much all we can do. Mm-hmm. Well, as they're standing around saying goodbye, my son, who's 20, he just lets out a scream of just agony, terror. Um, and that scream, I believe, my, in my faith, I believe it was the Holy Spirit working through him. And it woke me up. Mm-hmm. Wow. I back, I looked at them and I recognized them. Um, and again, this is, stories told to me because I do not remember that. Like you said, my brain was protecting me um, from these memories. But from that point on, um, after I had coded, uh, they brought me, you know, I I came back to a certain point. Mm -hmm. I did code two other times in the next few weeks. So in total three times I coded in that first month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to hear that sends chills, like with your son uh, yeah. and the power of that 
them bringing you back um and mm-hmm. that obviously the the desire that you have to be with your family is is it you know is incredible um and you know i think it's unimaginable to understand what you were going through and what your family were going through at the time what i loved when i read it was how together everyone was and their willingness yes. to, to never give up and your willingness to never give up and that has then led you to obviously recover in the way that you have mm. um and i'd love to talk about that aspect because you know whether it was covid or or whether it's some other trauma there's the recovery part is often the hardest part for people like you know like we've just said the actual um situation is often blocked out so you don't always have the memories of that but you have the the memories of the recovery aspect of it and this is where resilience and digging deep and Mm-hmm. And the real battle almost starts, well, the second battle starts, um, I guess. Um, how, what memories do you have of that? What was the driving force for you? Although I think I know from the whole family situ, but what what was the driving force for you? And how, it'd be really good to, to kind of get an understanding of the coping mechanisms that you latched on to, um, how you navigated through the numerous challenges, how you've adapted, all of that sort of thing moving on from here. So uh, when my body was flooded with all of the fluid, they had to do what's called a fasciotomy on me and they cut large gashes for the length of my calf on both sides Mm -hmm. and both legs um, to allow the fluid to drain out, to have somewhere to go. Um, And when they did that, they saw a lot of the flesh that had already died um, because of the rhabdo. So, you know, of course, I don't remember that, but with those large gashes, they had to do twice daily wound changes and they were packing my legs with rolls of gauze, like Mm -hmm. literally three rolls of gauze in there to pack it. When they were doing those, those wound changes, obviously it was very painful. I... I was on a lot of pain medication, but my husband would sing in my ear and um, he was just right here. And I have this great picture of it on my Instagram, but every time that they were doing it, he was just in my ear. So, you know, when you have that kind of support, when you have that kind of support, how can you not fight? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even subconsciously, um, because I didn't remember that, but my journey has been like my husband was with me 16 hours a day Mm -hmm. in the hospital my stepdaughter who worked at the hospital she was with me you know for the first full three days she was just there with me um my kids who who were 20 and 17 um you know they had to they had to kind of (sighs) sneak my daughter in (laughs) because she was 17 um to the ICU when they had to come and say goodbye. They kind of had to, you know, work some magic to make that happen. But they showed up for me. And not only my immediate family, but I just have this amazing community of people. Uh, we, they had a prayer vigil for me mm-hmm. on, I don't know, within the first couple of days. And they were outside my hospital window. Uh, praying for me and at that prayer vigil one of my friends little girl who was nine at the time she made little beaded bracelets that said tough like tammy and handed them out to um, have it as a reminder for people to pray for me Mm -hmm. so my community has become team tlt tough like tammy um and and it spread you know, far and wide. It's just not the people I know. It's people that they know. Yeah, the ripple effect. So many people praying for me and following my story. And and that's how you get through it, in my opinion. It's my faith, my community, and just, um, you know, my self-awareness within myself, knowing I've been through hard things before and I can do it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, all, all of that, 
just shows the power, doesn't it? I mean, to, to have faith, uh, and faith is different for every single person, but to hold on to that faith and to, like you say, to have that community, it's felt like there's so much energy that is felt. And a lot of the work that I do is about energetics, but you can't see it, but you can feel it. And obviously you weren't necessarily aware on the physical that they were out there, but you probably felt that in some capacity that gave you that extra oomph just to, to keep going. And I think there is some real power. Well, your evidence of this real power, um, that when you've got people behind you, you really can move mountains and, and, and create miracles. So, I mean, with regards to your recovery, um, Tammy, obviously I know that your husband, like you said, was, was your rock. Um, Mm -hmm. and your mental resilience having overcome um, other things in the past helped you. But clearly you'd never been faced with something like this before. And I know um, from, from what I've read on your story, you had to relearn an awful lot uh, Mm -hmm. and to become Tammy again. Um, And that must have felt quite huge and lonely and challenging. Um, how did you get through those moments? Um, yeah, again, it's support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom was here for nine months taking care of me. Uh, you know, my husband obviously had to go back to work. so. Um, just having having her here during the day and then all of them here during the evening, um, taking me to appointments. I have incredible, I have an incredible team of medical professionals um, with my physical therapists and my hand therapists and all of my doctors. And um, when, you know, obviously they're not understanding exactly what it is I'm going through. You know, really, no one can because I had so much that mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. Um, to my body. I don't just have an amputation. I have half of my calf muscle missing in my left leg, and I have mm. nerve damage on my hands, and I have kidney damage. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's just so much to it. Um, but I think celebrating the little wins, yeah. you know, every time, every time I have a better measurement for my fingers, um, you know, that's a big deal. That's a big deal for me. Every time I can get my prosthetic leg on, we're, we're celebrating that. Um, and another part for me was, uh, really taking care of what I was paying attention to on social media, on my website, on the emails that I was receiving, you know, because I was, all business. (laughs) I followed all of the business accounts. I got all of the business emails. I had to gradually go through and unsubscribe, unfollow, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and for my own personal website, I had to completely take down my coaching offers and I took down what I had about business on my homepage and just, I had to change it up. I had to clear it. Mm. Because that's not who I am anymore. I mm. don't know that I'm going back to that specifically. So for now, it just needs to fit who I am. So my Instagram is full of um, funny dog, you know, reels and pretty fashion and pretty homes and vacations and just things that make me feel good when yeah. I look at it. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge part of of it for my mental health was clearing that yeah and and that's massive I mean it it's almost we forget what what we pay it what we pay attention to and the fact that as part of your recovery because obviously yes there are the obvious the physical recovery the the physio the the variety of different medication I'm assuming that you're on with your kidneys and Mm -hmm and nerve damage and so on and so forth. There's those milestones um, and those physical things that you can focus on. But you've said one of the things that I absolutely love and that is something that is overlooked by so many people and that's celebrating the wins because 
we can get so caught up in what we're not doing, what other people are doing, why we aren't where we want to be, etc., etc. And when we get the wins, we then move on to the next thing and almost never acknowledge it. And the reality is, these are your absolute confidence boosters and your fuel to keep going. Um, and so I love the fact that every milestone that you reached was celebrated um, because I am assuming that was your motivation. That was like, do you know what? This is progress. And okay, when you were unsubscribing to other followers and moving parts of your website and taking that down and almost sort of shedding your old identity, these new wins, I imagine were giving you a boost of the new Tammy that was coming through where you could actually mm. see progress and see almost like a, a, a rebirth, I suppose, of, of who you are becoming. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, accepting, yeah. accepting that this is the situation, um, wishing it, wishing it wasn't that way, isn't going to change anything. So just being a big, you know, just, being an advocate is what I'm really trying to do right now uh, for other people who are going through things, you know, might, yeah. might not be an amputation, but it might, it might not even be physical. Yeah. Okay? Other people have hardships as well. And I just want to advocate that keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned acceptance there. And again, that's massive. That is huge. Mm -hmm. And I know certainly from my own personal experience, it took me a long time to accept what happened to me. There was a lot of denial that went on. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, accept acceptance would come slightly different for you because there's physical changes um, in you. And so you have to accept it because it's physically there, whereas mine was obviously mental acceptance. But I know that the, the mental side will have also played a massive part with you how easy yeah. was it to process that acceptance because it sounds very simple but actually it's very very challenging it's a day-to-day -day yeah challenge yeah you have to work on it daily for mm. sure mm. um you know we just again it comes back to recognizing the progress that is made and I'm getting better at being an amputee. I'm getting yeah. better at using my hands. Okay, my left hand doesn't work as well as my right hand, but I'm still able to get things done, right? I'm not, I have a lot of independence now. <coughs> and, and that's huge. And, you know, again, it's just looking at, looking at the wins. Hmm. Have you always been a very positive person? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> Would you say that that's helped you massively? Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, why spend your time looking at what's wrong when there's so much more that's right? Mm. Mm. What mm. advice would you give people, Tammy, who, who are in the, the victimhood and that's sent, said with love? because yes. we can all be a victim of our circumstances. But what advice would you give to people who are struggling with the acceptance and struggling to see the wood through the trees of where they are right now? Um, because the first step is often the hardest. Mm -hmm. I think uh, getting, you know, getting in touch with your real feelings like unlayering it peeling the onion back um, by journaling writing it down um, and when you see the written word it's it's kind of a, a new perspective it's kind of a light bulb um, you journal it out and you get all your feelings out and then you realize oh maybe it's not as bad as all of this, hmm. like you go back and read it in a week and you're like, oh, I am seeing things in a really dark light or in, in darkness with no light rather, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, so just making those, just becoming aware is going to help you uh, become more positive or look at, you know, you don't have to be smiling and positive all the time. I certainly am not, you know, I've got, a, plenty of complaints 
um, and pain and all of that, but you know, where your mind is focused is what you're going to see more of. So focus your mind on, on the good, focus your mind on the progress. I sound like I'm a record on repeat, but <laughs> that's really the bottom line. Yeah. Right? It's just changing your awareness. Yeah. You've mentioned awareness numerous times now. And for me, it's the first step to any transformation and any change. And the other thing that you've mentioned is focusing your mind on the outcomes that you want, which again, yeah. is golden. And it's, we're programmed to focus on the doing. As a society, we like to do, we set goals, we create an action plan, we're looking at strategy, we're looking at step-by-step -step processes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and very few really appreciate the, the significant power of personal awareness and of your mindset. Um, mm -hmm. And would I be right in thinking when you've been going through rehab and doing the physical side of your recovery, has your mental resilience been the front runner for you in the way of getting you to where you are rather than the physical aspect? Yes, yes, for sure. Because obviously the physical progress isn't as quick yeah. as I would like. So yeah, definitely keeping keeping my mind intact and again, having that support system. Um, you know, when I'm doing things in the PT clinic, you know, if my therapist is like, this is better. You're doing this better. It's going to help, yeah. help me. So just surrounding myself and knowing that, knowing what my goals are, like you're saying, you have your end goal. My end goal is to walk without the support of the walker. Yeah. Uh, but what do I have to do first, right? I have to be able to stand and, and all of these other things. And so when I'm doing these day-to-day -day tasks, I have to remember that they're going to help me with my larger goal. Yeah. And again, that, you know, that's so key is that we have these goals. Um, but it's then working backwards, isn't it? You know what your end yeah. goal is, but you can't go from A to Z straight away. Um, and it's managing your expectations. And so chunking it down, getting really, really clear on what that looks like in the form of progress for you. Um, and then celebrating it, like you say, because we can all move on, but if we're not celebrating it, what's it all for either? Um, right. So, so I think, you know, having goals and again, the amount of people that you speak to who have like a, a pipe dream, but they don't necessarily revisit their goals or take their goals mm -hmm. particularly seriously. Sometimes it's pub talk and this is a, in an ideal world. This is what I'd love to do often followed with a but. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. So how do you keep your, you know, your goals alive? Like wh what are the driving forces? And also what have been the biggest lessons that have come out of this for you that have created a positive in your world? Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, just having, having a vision of what I want tomorrow to mm -hmm. look like, mm -hmm. a month from now to look like, a year from now to look like, and the bigger goal, five years, whatever. Um, you know, just keeping that in mind and and keep talking about it, right? Yeah. Talking about things with my husband when we get to do this, when I get to go to the beach, you know, and put my, my foot in the sand and, um, you know, that type of thing. I look forward to that. Yesterday was a beautiful day here. Like the weather was perfect. Haven't had that in a while. And I really desired to go for a walk. Obviously, I'm not there yet. But those are the kind of things I look forward to enjoying and recognizing that in the moment rather than getting sad like oh I don't get to go for a walk I use that as a tool to help me to keep motivated that I will go for a walk on a nice spring day 
you know, eventually it's going to happen. And, and recognizing that is what can, kind of keeps me going. Mm. Um, as far as what lessons have I learned, I think the biggest lesson is there will be setbacks. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Yeah. How, how, what would you advise people on that? Because again, people can uh, work towards their goals and if they, and they have a timeline in their head and they have a way in which they think it's going to work in their head. And if it doesn't work out that way, which inevitably it doesn't because the universe has other ideas, um, it can feel like a punishment, a failing, a a brick wall where you're just not, it doesn't matter what you do, you just don't feel good enough because you're not getting to where you want to go. And it can yeah. it can cause a lot of people to turn their back on their goals and their dreams. Um, I like to, I, I don't see it as a, a failing in anything, it's a win or a learn. And I like to yes. see setbacks as new starting points to keep going and move again. Um, how do you reframe these setbacks for them to work for you? I think I look for what the lesson is yeah. in it. Um, the example I'm thinking of as you were talking was my prosthetic leg. I actually got fitted for that back in July of 2022. Uh, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't know that. My doctor gave the referral. We set up the appointment. I was excited. Let's get walking. My body was not ready. In particular, my left leg. My left leg needed a lot of strengthening work and repair work, rerouting muscle and veins and, you know, all of the things to make it strong enough to help support me, mm-hmm. as well as the end of my right leg. I'm, I'm still struggling with issues. In learning... I was not ready. I can tell my doctor, I can tell the prosthetic team, I can tell my PT, don't be in such a hurry to rush other people. Yeah. I got excited. I got my hopes up. I was going to walk. And now I've been delayed, you know, eight months because my body simply wasn't ready. Um, And so I think that that's important to use the lessons that I learned and share them with Mm -hmm. others. Um, that can make an impact on other people that mm-hmm. are going through this. Yeah. And I love how you turn that around. because, And I love how you've said setbacks are lessons. Because I, I think that life is a, a million lessons. Our journey of life yeah. is, is millions of lessons, each unique to all of us, that are packed with data and personalized info that's required for us to learn, use whatever, in order to move on to that next level. And while that lesson is, is was great in the way that it then allowed you to feed that back to other people, to not rush other people to be, so they're not uh, experiencing the disappointment that perhaps you have. Right. What did you, how did you navigate that through yourself though? Because you were the one dealing with the disappointment. So what yeah. lesson came from that part for you? Um... Yeah, it was a struggle for sure um, and a disappointment, definitely. But knowing that it wasn't forever, that it was simply a setback is, sorry, had a call coming through there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Just knowing that it wasn't going to be forever. I'm not going to be in the wheelchair forever. I am in the wheelchair now and that's okay. I'm getting by and I'm working toward my goal still I didn't stop working on my goal yeah yeah and that's again that's golden is that it's not forever it's not permanent because again we can think oh it's never going to happen and get caught up in that it's never going to happen but it's like it's just not happening yet it's not that it's not happening it's just not happening yet and when you just add that three-letter word to the end of it it's like there's a shift because you're like yeah it's not yeah. not happening. It's just not happening yet. My uh, husband says that to me all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, whatever it is. He goes, 
yet. yet. Yeah. He does all the time. So yes, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And, and I love that your husband does that because yeah. I bet now when he does it, there might be some times when you might want to go, oh, whatever. Let me like, let me marinate in this. Yes. <laughs> this mood, this moment. But there'll be other times that when he says it, there is hope and there is a mm-hmm. smile that is put on your face from him going, yeah, because it's a reminder to not give up. Yeah. And I think, too, I would like to say that, you know, it's okay to sit in your sad feelings for a while. Yeah. It's okay mm. to be frustrated and overwhelmed and discouraged and let down. Just don't stay in that place. That's why the journaling is great or a therapist that you can talk to Mm. or, you know, these are tools that you get to use when you are going through struggles and you are, you know, not where you want to be yet. You have tools to help you get there and, you know, feeling sad and going through the emotions is just part of it. You have to grieve the loss of whatever it is that you no longer have. (coughs) Excuse me. You do. And I also think sometimes the lesson is hidden in those moments of sadness and yes. and of reflection. Mm-hmm. And if we don't mm-hmm. allow ourselves to feel, that lesson will keep coming back to us until we do. Yes. And so mm-hmm. it's actively searching for the lesson in, in all of this um, mm-hmm. and honouring each stage of it. Like you say, you know, there will be some days where you will remain in those emotional parts longer than others based on your environment and everything else that's going on um and that's all okay like there is no set time of how long you're allowed in there but like what you say is don't stay in there forever or for too long Mm -hmm. where it's dragging you down and and causing you to to rethink and and um view the world and you differently because that's when obviously ego and and fear can pull you back and and you're against another struggle um you mentioned a therapist and it might I've got written down whether you had a therapist is that is do do you have a therapist I do you do and is that one that's been um given to you as part of your recovery or have you actively seeked out a, a separate therapist have you had a variety and now where you're at right now, you feel you might need more of a mental, not a physical, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the therapist that I work with, I've worked with for years. Yeah. Um, we've probably been together, I would say three to four years. Um, I believe in, and having that support. Yeah. I, I have, you know, and I found somebody that I like and somebody that, actually helps me you Mm -hmm. know you have to sometimes go through several therapists before you find somebody that Mm -hmm. you really click with Mm -hmm. um you know when COVID happened we we did video we continue to do video now um it was really actually very interesting we had an uh, appointment set up um for about a week after I went into the hospital you know it had been set up and she actually she actually reached out to me because she just had a feeling something was going on. And she's like, are you okay? Are we going to be able to have our appointment? And my daughter texted her back to let her know that I was in the hospital. Yeah. Um, so we have a really great connection. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, it's so important. And I think, you know, having someone on your side who's not in the situation, who's, yeah. a, who's away from your family, um, where you can be authentically raw in the most safe environment yeah. is is so good on an emotional and a physical level and on a healing level. Yeah, and just having a third party that has no, um, you know, they're not invested yeah. in the situation. Yeah, They're truly objective. That's really important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So... What's next for for Tammy? Yeah. So, you know, of course, the continued healing and the Mm. role of walking. But um, I would really love to start speaking and sharing my story. I also am working on a book to share my story. Yeah. 
So I definitely want to get the word out there and let people know, you know, that bad things can happen, but you can still shine bright. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that is such a powerful nurturing message because when you're going through it, it can feel so lonely and so mm -hmm. defining and in some respects so final on the goals and the dreams that you once had. And actually hearing, hearing more stories like yours of courage and of keeping going and of faith and community and um, awareness, it just allows people to not put a full stop after what's just happened, but to ultimately start to write another chapter. Yeah, that's exactly right, yes. Yeah. It's just the next year in life. It's a yeah. little different than I expected it to be, but it can still be extraordinary. Yeah, I've no doubt. I mean, you're just beaming. Like for those that are seeing <laughs> this interview rather than hearing it on the podcast, you'll be, I mean, you're, you've got such great energy around you and you, you are smiling, your eyes welled up slightly on one occasion, but you have been smiling throughout all of this. And that says so much about you, so much about you. And I think you're an incredible person. And I think that inner strength and that positivity is, is really playing out in your recovery now. I agree. Yes. So sure. you know, your emotion has a lot to do with physical recovery. Oh, know yeah. you know that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I see it more yeah, you yeah. Know, as I'm going through this than I ever knew yeah. before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where are you at with, with your recovery? I know that you mentioned more in passing about the you've got um, stage four kidney failure. Is that right? Um, so when, yeah, when I left the hospital, I was still on dialysis. Mm -hmm. uh, so I stayed on dialysis for another couple of months and my kidneys have been getting better ever since. Every time I do my labs, they've improved. So, um, I'm currently labeled three A right. <laughs> up from stage four and my labs were really good this last time, so I'm looking forward to my doctor telling me I'm at a TB, but that hasn't been confirmed. Mm. But <laughs> it's a goal, and so. your it's your wish and your desire. Have, yes. have, have there been any? You mentioned journaling and therapy, um, as well as um, the physical rehab. Have there been any holistic type um, treatments or therapies that you've also used to help you, like acupuncture or? Or anything like that. So I do. I listen to binary beats yeah, for yeah. my kidney. Um, I, you know, I take a nap every day, and I put my AirPods in, and I listen to that. So it's an hour long, and I'm doing myofascial release, which has been incredible. It's helped my body so much in just you know eight short sessions. So I'm going to continue with that. What else am I doing? Uh, I do chiropractic care as well, uh, physical therapy, hand therapy, and I also have a private physical therapist that comes to my house a couple of times a month to work on my calf, my left calf and ankle exclusively. Wow. That's his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you still do Pilates? And I still do Pilates. Thank you. Mm. She comes to my house weekly. Uh, she does have a portable reformer. I'm not using the reformer right now. We started with that, but we realized my body just really needs a lot of stretching and strengthening and core. So we're, mm. that's what we do. We do mat Pilates and work on all of that. It's my favorite. I love her and I love Pilates. I'm devoted yeah. for life now. Oh, I I'm a Pilates girl as well. In fact, I think one of the first posts I saw was you balancing on um, a tube on the oh, Pilates yes. um but I mean Pilates is such a good physical and mental yes. um uh exercise is it's incredible it is incredible she's really I lost connection with my body mm. in in all of this I was in bed for you know four months in the hospital and probably another three four months at home and I just lost connection where with my body was in space and she's really helping me to reconnect. She's very patient. She talks me through 
where are you feeling it? Mm. No, you should be feeling it here. Adjust mm. it this mm. way, that type of thing. And uh, her helping me has helped me with all of the other therapies. Yeah. So it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I've just written down two other words um, and I'm conscious of time because I'm, but I just want to ask you this and it, it, it might not be something, but have you had to go on a self-love journey or has there been any forgiveness work that you've had to do in in your recovery that's helped? Mm, yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I think the biggest thing that I've had to address in that is why didn't I go to the hospital earlier if yeah. my legs were feeling like that? Why didn't I acknowledge that something was wrong? Um, and I'm not really blaming myself. I just no. want to question myself, but that's in the past and there's nothing I can do about that now. So that is something I've had to let go. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's that letting go piece that's huge because we can carry all of that hindsight info with us uh, and it can chip away you know why didn't I do this why didn't I do that if only I'd done this that and the other and the the reality is we can't change that how did you let that go just a conscious effort of catching myself thinking about it and saying stop yeah no we're not going there we can't change that moment in time you know, it's in the past, just stopping myself with yeah. the thoughts. Yeah, yeah, catching it. Yes. Uh, and that's it, isn't it? You know, we all have these things, every single person, we're in our own unique way. The quicker we can catch it, like we were saying with a lesson, the quicker you can find that lesson, then the quicker you can move forward. Because when we yeah. don't find it or when we don't catch it, it will keep coming up and it will just chip away that little bit more. Um, which then draws right back to everything you've been talking about, which is about awareness, having that awareness of, yes. of you, of the strengths, of the wins, of the progress, of the goals, um, you know, of what to do when the low moments come in, reminding yourself it's not permanent, it's that not yet piece, um, <laughs> and just building that resilience around you which mm -hmm. is so key. I think, you know, as we're talking about this, it really was very much a part of my message when I worked with women for uh, branding and disability and showing up online and who you are. It's the same thing that we're talking about here is that self-awareness. Well, who are you really? <coughs> mm. Don't try to be like someone else because you're never going to have the success you desire faking it, right? Yeah, you're yeah. not being authentic. You're not being true to yourself. Well, it's the same thing with recovery, mental or physical or any struggles that you're going through. It's like, what am I really feeling? Am I really giving my best? Am I really doing everything in my power? Or am I just falling back on, oh, I can't do it like her, or, oh, this isn't working for me. And, you know, what what is your attitude going to be? And just having that self-awareness, no matter what it is in your life, that is how you're going to resolve whatever is holding you back. Yeah. Self-responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Self-leadership. Yeah. I love that. And that's such a powerful message to end with, Tammy. I think... This conversation could go in so many different directions and on for several yeah. hours because you intrigue me, inspire me, everything in between. Where can people connect with you and follow your, your story? On Instagram, I am Tammy Gibson Online. Mm -hmm. And my website is Tammy Gibson Online. Um, I have a little bit of my story on there. And the blog post with my full story of yeah. the hospital time. I haven't even jumped into post-hospital yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's something that will come. I do have, I, I recently started when I cleared out my website. I still want to be connected with people. So I started Happy Mail. 
We all love to receive happy mail, right? Something Mm -hmm. good coming to you. So it comes to your inbox once a week and it's just stories of inspiration. Oh, I love that. Things that make you think or funny memes or stories, whatever. Just something uh, to bring joy because I have found that so many people need more joy in their lives. So that's that's my way of giving back. And And how they can sign up for that on my website. On your website. Oh, I'm going to sign yes. up for that. That sounds, yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, and obviously, um, I'll add all of this to the show notes um, and updates on the book that will be, yes, that's pending, <laughs> that will be coming out. Um, is there anything that you want to finish this episode off with saying um, for anyone that might be listening or for some words of wisdom that you just feel intuitively that you want to share with people? I really feel like whatever it is that you are going through, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. One of my therapists in the hospital, my physical therapist, she wrote on the whiteboard that was in front of my bed. She said, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you've opened something that could then lead to another whole conversation. Yes, um, <laughs> happy to do it. Happy to, and, we, and I think yeah. to be continued for sure. But there is <laughs> there is really so much in that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Regardless of what you're doing, anything linked with fear is going to make you feel uncomfortable. But yes. the more comfortable you can be in that discomfort will determine how far you go. Yes. Without a doubt. 100%. <laughs> and I love that she wrote that on your, your whiteboard. And, you know, it's things like that 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 so simple yet so significant. Profound, right? <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, um, oh, it makes me want to carry on and I can't now because I'm like, well, time is up. But we, we will have a part two on that because I've done some, some posts and some podcasts talking about that very subject and it's something that actually we all need reminding of that whole discomfort piece because you know we don't we like to stay in our comfort zone but right who likes to be uncomfortable (laughs) exactly but what magic goes on in the comfort zone not a huge amount and we're here to evolve and that will include some some form of discomfort Um, And that sense of knowing that you will be okay and you are evidence of that. And I think, you know, you touched on desires of walking in the sun. I'm a massive advocate that if you desire it, it's because it's yours and it will happen and that everything will align you to that in the right time and that everything's working for you in your favour. And I just think there's so many nuggets in here that I will certainly read listen to and write down I've written down a few and for anyone if this story has resonated with you or you know of anybody who would benefit from hearing Tammy's story then please share because this is what it's all about and obviously please reach out to Tammy um if if there's anything that she can help you with or if you want to be a part of of her community um and yeah let's spread the word but I'd love to have you back Tammy it's been amazing um, from the bottom of my heart, I find you truly inspiring. Um, and I know that, you know, these subjects aren't always the easiest to talk about. Um, but the underlying theme of it all is inspiration to to help others and to show that it's not the full yeah. stop. It's just a, a new starting point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And don't be um, hesitant to share your own story, right? Yeah. Because in sharing your story, you're helping someone else. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. This uh, this is just the start, I think. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see your progress and to to follow you Mm -hmm. and to to stay in touch. Um, Yes. So all from me and from everyone that's listening, I wish you continuous um, well wishes on your recovery and um, nothing but the best for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And it's been lovely um, talking to you and I look forward to um, coming back next week with another podcast. So thank you for everyone who's tuned in today. Please leave a review, please share, please share this uh, episode with anyone that you think might benefit. 
And in the meantime, have the most amazing day. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.